You are now tuned in to the AddictedToSuccess.com podcast, where geniuses, entrepreneurs, and next-level game-changers share their juicy little secrets on achieving massive success. This is the advice you wish you heard years ago. Be prepared and take note as we expose the realness and the raw of what it takes to be successful on AddictedToSuccess.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. Now, before we get into this amazing interview right here, I want to share with you a special announcement from one of our sponsors. Design Crowd is an online marketplace that helps businesses outsource their graphics, logo, and web design with access to over 472,000 designers around the world. Now, within a few hours of submitting your design requirements, you will receive 50 to 100 plus designs, so you have the best chance to pick the perfect design. Now, I personally love this option. I actually use this in my business ventures and projects because it saves me on a few major things in my life. The first thing is time and the headache of going back and forth with designers. The second thing is that it's also affordable. And the third thing is that it's scalable without you actually needing your own in-house design team. Now, the good folks at Design Crowd are kind enough to offer you as an exclusive Addicted to Success listener the VIP Custom Design Upgrade Pack, which will save you over $100 on a deluxe project for any type of custom design, including logos, business cards, websites, flyers, and emails. So head over to designcrowd.com success. And if you're already on Design Crowd, punch in the promo code S-U-C-C-E-S-S. Alrighty, now let's get into this interview. Now today I have Del Partridge here. He's a serial entrepreneur. He is the founder of The Daily Positive, StartupCamp.com, and Sevenly.org, which is an incredible website. I love the idea behind Sevenly. It's a uh, social, uh, socially conscious e-commerce company. And you guys have actually donated over $3 million to charities across the globe through Sevenly alone. So uh, congratulations, Dale, first and foremost, and welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. Dude, you're sounding very Australian today. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's funny. I guess I am from Australia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so dude, I'm really excited to be here and, and, uh, and get a chance to share my story. Beautiful. Hey, look, it's great to have you here. You know, uh, I, I've seen your website, The Daily Positive, uh, you know, floating all over the net, especially through Pinterest. You've got a massive community on Pinterest, which is great because yeah. I don't usually see a lot of bloggers like doing so well on Pinterest. I see, you know, like maybe they have a few thousand followers. You've got hundreds of thousands and uh, you've got a very loyal community there. And one thing that really stood out to me was you're very good with your visuals. You, you have this theme to your posts, to your uh, feature images and, and everything that you share. So uh, congratulations on that. You've done really well with it. What's yeah. the, what would you say would be like the, the key to really doing well with social media nowadays? Yeah, you know, I, I think that we live in the aesthetic generation. Like we live in a generation where literally if you're ugly, you will not succeed. Um, and I think that design is incredibly important. And it doesn't mean that you have to know how to use the tools like Photoshop or Illustrator. It's, you know, design at the core is developing your eye. Um, you know, when you're a good designer, it means that you can, you know, what good furniture looks like, interior design, you know, good business cards, beautiful web design, video style, like all of it. And, and, um, for me, I'm a designer by trade, but, um, you know, I'm more of an entrepreneur than a designer. So, 
but everything I do, I am very, very attentional, intentional and pay attention to the smallest details uh, because I think that, that good design equals credibility. And credibility equals persuasion, and persuasion equals conversion, and conversion equals money in the bank, right? So, yeah. um, you know, good design is incredibly important at all levels. It just shows also, um, it shows people how much, you, you know, they think this. They go, if they care about the smallest little details, uh, then they must care about me. Um, so, so when you have really good design, uh, the reader, the consumer, you know, whoever they are, uh, it goes, oh my gosh, they care so much about these little details. They must care that much about my business with them. So uh, I'm constantly trying to make sure that I'm always putting the extra touch on everything that I do. I love it, Dale. I love it. And can you tell us, how did you get into all of this? Like, can you kind of take us back and give us an idea of you know, how you got into blogging? I know you, you run a number of different websites. So you know what you're doing. You, I guess you've got a formula down and you just you know, rinse, wash, repeat and you're doing really well with that. So give us a, a bit of a rundown on how it all started. Yeah, you know, it's, you know the, the more companies you start, the faster it gets. But I mean, even now it's not fast, right? My last company, the one I, com- I started just a couple months ago, which is startupcamp.com. Um, startup camp took me six months to get started, but, uh, you know, from start to finish just to do it right. I think there's a, there's a valuable process there, but, um, I never knew I was going to be an entrepreneur. I mean, I grew up, um, you know, got fired from 14 jobs before I was 18, uh, realized that I was completely unemployable. And, um, I started my first company at 19, sold it by the time I was, you know, almost 20 for $50,000. Um, then took that, that money, uh, invested in the stock market, made some wins, cut some losses, uh, got a chance to learn what it was, you know, what it meant to, to kind of play with some real money, raised uh, another half million dollars at 21 years old to start a rock climbing gym in Southern California that had about 20 employees and about $700,000 in revenue per year, which is a great experience. Uh, fired from my own company um, and got walked in one day and and uh, my partners came up to me and said, you know, you're the worst leader we've ever seen and, and you're out of here. And um, it was it was that moment that really taught me uh, a lot about myself and, and um, it was a painful time, but I, 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 I wasn't a good leader at that time. And um, it took me a lot of books and a lot of mentorship and a lot of therapy even and um, to really kind of dive into that. Uh, from there, I went and started a couple more companies, a branding agency, a conference company. I wrote my first book and kind of spawned off this like almost this rage to say like I'm worthy. I, I, I want to prove that you know I am actually able to be successful. Um, and then I hit a wall. I, I realized that uh, you know success wasn't fixing me. You know, I realized that that uh, you know, I was making six figures and, and great money in my 20s, but at the end of the day, I, I wanted to figure out how I could blend purpose and profit. You know, I wanted to figure out what that looked like to flip capitalism upside down, to to see what what it you know to start asking the hard questions. And uh, I started I started the the you know, this is where the idea of Sevenly came in, where you know each week we would partner with a new charity and we would you know give seven dollars for every item sold. Uh, to a charity that week. So if we sold a thousand products, we'd give that charity seven thousand dollars that week. Um, that company got uh, it worked. You know, it was, it was one of these moments where I go, "Holy crap!" Like uh, this this business is working. So we we went from about zero to fifty employees, and 
uh, about $10 million in revenue. And we actually, uh, now to date, I actually think I gave you some, uh, some old stats, but we're actually at about $4 million and $7 donations, um, wow. since 2011. So it's, it's been a great experience. Um, I had actually recently sold most of my stock, uh, moving on to kind of new things as a, my, a serial entrepreneur does. Um, you know, and then my big focus right now is really just, you know, I, my philosophy is this, is that, that, um, you know, when you're zero to zero to 20, you're learning when you're you know 20 to 40, you're building. And when you're 40 to 60, you're guiding. Um, I'm 10 days away from my 30th birthday, um, at the time of this interview. And, um, I've been an entrepreneur now for about 12 years and I finally feel like I'm kind of actually easing into the guiding phase a little bit early. And I wrote my first, uh, real heavy book, um, that's coming out here shortly in the next couple of days. It's called people over profit, um, to really shed light on the philosophy that's, that's, I, I never planned to have. I mean, it was, it was just a philosophy embedded to me as, as a child that I think is, is really the secret to, to why I've been able to make $25 million before my 30th birthday. Mate, that is, that is absolutely incredible. It, your journey sounds like, uh, You've gone through quite a roller coaster there. They, you know, from getting Steve Jobs, <laughs> yeah, right, out of, your, out of your company to, you know, then got, turning everything around and and donating four million dollars through this concept, through this idea of this uh, website. I mean, it's it's absolutely incredible. So congratulations, man. Thanks, man. You know, and, and it's it's such a weird thing. I, I always think about this. I tell people that that have business ideas and. You know, I look at Sevenly and that experience, and I, I um, or even startup camp, and I go, man, like, what if we, what if I didn't, like, what if I didn't start that company? And you know, I, I like to encourage people that are dreamers, that are you know starters, that want to have this like business. That, I mean, if I didn't start Sevenly, I mean, there literally be kids that aren't alive today. I mean, we fed literally thousands and thousands of children. We gave water to people that didn't have water. We, we rescued girls from sex trafficking. We, we stopped bullying. We helped kids with autism. I mean, there's so many things that we did. And it, what if I didn't? You know, so the courage and the, and the bravery that required to be an entrepreneur has nothing to do with necessarily your life. Like sometimes you're, you're meant to start something that changes the world and changes other people's lives. And, you know, one, one thing that, I guess I've, I've, you know, I've really learned over the last, I guess, couple years now is that, you know, what got you here isn't going to get you there. And this has been like a really hard message for me to, to, to grasp, to grow through. And, um, I'm learning that, that, you know, if you see money, not as the primary goal, but as a byproduct of helping a million people, you'll just, you'll, you'll one day you'll wake up and be like, I'm successful, you know? And so, this is the this is the philosophy of my book, People Over Profit, is that like if you the more you focus on people, the more you focus on helping people, at the end of the day, you're gonna you're gonna find yourself in the millionaire's chair. Yes, yes, that that is so correct, man. You and I really need to band together as well because what I feel is we know how to build websites, right? Like I can reach two million people every month through Addicted to Success. And I almost feel guilty the fact that we're not inspiring them enough to want to give back and contribute and it's something that i've really been thinking about lately like you know what can we do to really encourage that uh, contribution and giving back side of success because a lot of people when they hear success they think it's all about the money which is obviously like how you started out how i started out and you kind of grow and evolve and you realize it's not just about that that that's a material thing that's you chasing emotions and at the end of the day it is about the higher calling the purpose 
Yeah. You know, one thing I've been talking about to, to uh, content creators, and this is an idea that someone can steal. Maybe you can steal it, Joel, <laughs> is, um, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe offer, you know, one penny or, you know, whatever the equivalent currency is, um, but one penny for every share on your articles. And what that does is that it, and then you could put a counter of how much money was actually like raised by that article to that, to which charity, right? So mm. it's the idea that, that ultimately you have customers are, are incentivized to actually share your stuff because every share they do is, is a, is a donation to a charity. So, um, there's things like that, that I, out there that I, I'm looking for people to start adopting, um, at startupcamp.com, we actually give, uh, $2 and 50 cents of every, uh, membership to charity water. So, you know, per month. So like if we have a hundred members, we give, you know, uh, we would get $250. Actually, no, that'd be $2,500, right? Am I doing math horribly here? No, <laughs> that's 200, that's two, that's, that's, uh, that's $250, right? So $250 that we do to, to charity water. And that's, it's a small thing. It's not high, it's not as highly integrated as Sevenly, but, uh, but it works. And at the end of the day, I'm cutting checks, you know, sometimes for 1200 bucks a month and, and I'm, I'm making an impact and I feel, I feel, you know, it's a guilt-free, you know, leadership experience and it's, it's, um, it turns into being a, a purchase with a purpose. Yeah. And when you know how to make money as well, especially online and having that freedom, it's almost like your duty and your obligation to give some of that back too. That's what I believe. Or yeah. at least find a way to channel it into the right place as well. Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite quotes is, is that nobody's ever become poor from giving. Yes. That's a great quote. Yeah. That's a great quote. What is your favorite quote? Because we're really into quotes at, at Addicted to Success. Man, dude, uh, there's there's a lot of them out there. Um, you know, as I go through the book, one of my favorites is is the way you make other people feel about themselves uh, says a lot about your leadership. And um, so that's one thing that I'm kind of constantly, uh, you know, trying to make sure that is that the way I make people feel about themselves says a lot about how I can lead people. And um, you know, again, it, you know, at the core of of the book, People Over Profit, is that it's. It's really the idea that that I believe that if you value people over profit, you'll actually be more profitable because of it. And um, it's become uh, it's become truth uh, throughout my life. And I, I actually show some highlights of some great companies. I show, you know, REI and Patagonia, and North Face and Chick Fil A and In and Out and Whole Foods and and some of these great brands out there that have Virgin America, right? Like just crush it. And a lot of these guys, they have no idea what they're, the philosophies that I put in this book, they're not written down on these companies' websites or in their business plans or on their, you know, on the doors inside of their headquarters. I mean, these are things that, that most of them, that all of them do, but most of them don't even know that they do it. And they're these philosophies that you're not going to also find in like Fortune or Fast Company or Forbes magazine. Instead, they're actually philosophies that, that you were taught as a child in kindergarten or in grade school. You know, they're the simplest things, the timeless principles of integrity. They're like, tell the truth. Uh, they're, you know, share, like love one another, like be authentic. And, and it's funny when, when it sounds so simple, but at the end of the day, you know, men have struggled, men and women have struggled with these things forever. I mean, like we we're, we're I'm 30 years old and I still struggle with white lies. I tell my, or my, uh, my wife that I'm coming home and uh, I'm, you know, I'm five minutes away and I'm really 15 minutes away, right? Like there's, there's some of those things that we still struggle with that we can't beat. Right. So, uh, I took these philosophies of this high integrity individuals 
and packaged it up into what I think is, is what makes the most successful people of all time really successful. It's not that they have great philosophy on hiring or firing or strategies for marketing. It has nothing to do with that stuff. I mean, sure, that's, that's a, that's like a, those are like little pieces of the puzzle, but the giant cornerstones of great success, success that like gives you a good name, success that like makes people feel good, success that is, that is honorable comes from these principles and 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 that's my whole goal is to help turn business around to be an honest thing again because capitalism is one of these things that people think is a dirty word people are like oh like you're you're greedy and whatever else right like capitalism capitalism's a great thing because you know there's no such thing as bad companies there's just bad leaders and so my whole goal is to just tell help those leaders grow and to help people figure out how to do business with uh, integrity Wonderful, Dale. Wonderful. What would you say has been the best advice that you've been given by a mentor or a business partner or just someone that you've come across over the years of you know setting up your businesses and, and growing your businesses there? What has really helped you in the process? Yeah, um, man. Okay, I'll, 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 there's a couple things. Uh, one of them is, is that self-evaluation is helpful. But evaluation from someone else is essential. And uh, for me, having a mentor uh, speak into my life, uh, not, not like a, just a business mentor, but a personal mentor that could speak into both areas of my life and how good of a husband I've been or how good of a father I've been. And I remember him walking in the room one day and he, he looked me in the eye when I had you know 40-something employees. And he says, Dale, uh, I need to tell you something. And he says, you know, you don't see this, but you hurt people. Like every time you talk to people, um, the way you treat them, you hurt people. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he, he gave me some instances where, where I looked back and I, I got a chance to look in, in my past and I, I saw the wake of emotional destruction that I left behind. And it, it was really sad and I, I didn't realize it. And, and, and while these, you know, some of the flaws that I had might be acceptable for an average person, uh, these kind of things were deadly for a business owner in my position. And I, um, I had this, this relationship with, with my mentor who owned, you know, multiple multi-million dollar companies. And he taught me emotional leadership. He taught me how to grow. He taught me how to reflect. He taught me how to become, um, uh, vulnerable and transparent and, and step into humiliation and step into embarrassment and step into healing and, um, to become a leader that's, that's beyond like, You know, for example, I don't look to men and women who make a lot of money. Uh, I don't follow those people. Like, great. I'm like, good job. You made money. Like, making money is one of the easiest things that you on the planet. Like, millions and millions of people know how to make money. But the people that have been able to to make money, but also have incredibly strong relationships, but also have a marriage that's lasted 25 years. Uh, that have children that love them and and respect them and uh, that have no debt and that have a lot of these like key core you know you know attributes of incredible leaders they have a good name in their community people don't talk behind their backs I look for these types of leaders I have one um, for example who's a, a friend he's He's got ten children, actually, and and um, he's also a multimillionaire CEO. And his wife and and him have an incredible marriage, even thirty years later. 
And he, I look at him and I'm like, man, how do you do it? You know, how do you do it all? Because it's, it, it's impressive when people make millions of dollars a year, but it's more impressive when you can do it all and you do it all well. And, um, so those are the men and women that I'm looking for today. And, uh, you know, my mentor taught me that is that don't look at, don't look at millionaires, just look at people that, that have, are well off, but also have an incredible home life and incredible personal life. So that's, that's one of the lessons that I, again, teach in the book that just, I talk deeply about those, those philosophies that, you know, you want to look for those people instead of, instead of the, the shells of success. Yeah. I love that Dale. And it's becoming the whole package, isn't it? Not just the one area. It is. Yeah. I mean, cause if you're, if I'll tell you, you know, one of the most dangerous people in the world are, are, uh, is someone who says, you know, it, it, Hey man, it's, it's just business. It's not personal. And I'm like, those people are the biggest jerks, the most dangerous people on the planet, because you know what? It is personal. There's nothing in this planet on this world that is not personal. And, uh, you know, like I said, when I was in that moment, you know, I, I hurt people and, and it's because of that mentality that I had. And, um, so yeah, success is the whole package. Like you said, Joel, it's, 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 um, it's how do you, you know, cause remember, you know, this is another sad thing that I see too often is I see, you know, men and women in their mid to late thirties, even early forties and their whole life has been, they've dreamed of having a spouse. They've dreamed of having children and they find themselves wealthy and alone. And, um, so I, I really try to like speak into those people's lives and say, man, this is not rehearsal. Like you are living your life right now. And, um, you know, the, the way of most success books and most leadership books doesn't teach that. I mean, um, you know, it's, it's, this is the philosophy that I took. I said, Hey, you know, I want to write a book that helps people like understand their, their place in success. And I, I think that's really what's going to help people change in, in, uh, in the long run. You get one shot at this life, you know, one shot, uh, depending on what you believe in, obviously, but, uh, you know, you want to make it count, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, like I said, this isn't rehearsal. You, you only have one shot that, that like, you know, don't waste it. You know, this is your life. Like chase that dream. Like if you want children, like have kids, get married, do that stuff. Like that stuff's just as important as making a million dollars. And, um, you know, it's just, you know, let's, let's pull our eyes from, from profit so much and pull it back to people. And remember the book's not called people instead of profit. You know, it's, it's calling people over profit. It's valuing people over profit. I mean, it's, it's, we all know that we need profit at the bottom line. Um, but it's the idea of, of, of mentally putting those things first. Now the daily positive is, a, is an awesome website. I love it. I love the content. You know, you guys are coming from a very unique angle and you like to shed a lot of your own stories along with the points that you share, which is great. I think that's something that's missing a lot as well online because a lot of people are just regurgitating content or copying from one another. So uh, it's great that you're unique with it. Uh, what do you feel is a secret to positivity? Yeah, you know, um, you know, the dailypositive.com has, has been a place for me to write about life. And it's a place that I can kind of share my own personal stories and, and you know, the walk with my family and, and the lessons that I'm learning. And, um, you know, positivity, uh, I mean, I think it, again, it comes back to this idea of, of success and how do you do this? And, uh, I'm realizing that experience alone doesn't make you better at anything. Um, but experiencing deep vulnerable relationships with people that matter do, um, that that's where, that's where success and positive life occurs is that in those relationships, I mean, you can't do life, 
uh, without it. Like um, I, I'm learning this now is that, you know, it, it doesn't matter how much money you have. Like I said, you'll be the wealthiest person living alone. I mean, um, this is this is a, a a word that a lot of people need to hear, and and sometimes they, they, we just avoid the questions, and we just we kind of just keep going on and on and on, and uh, you know, I, I I you know in our companies, um, you know one thing I say is that you know tradition is powerful, like pattern is powerful, consistency is powerful, you know, but when they're stagnant, um, you know, or deceptive or uh, or focused on the wrong things, those can become prisons and, and ultimately executioners of your dreams. Um, and so, you know, just because you've been doing it for a long time doesn't mean it's right. And so uh, I try to challenge people on, on how to think about life again. And um, so it's been a great, a great spot. And, um, you know, I, I, write, I write for life there and then I write for business at startupcamp.com. And that's been a, a great blend for me to kind of get both angles out. Yeah, that's awesome, Dale. And I heard that you have this little technique that you, uh, you use at, uh, at Sevenly where if anybody's complaining, you send them to a place. What's that about? Can you tell us about that? <laughs> yeah, so there's, I don't know if they have it anymore, but there was a season at Sevenly where um, I, I realized that like complaining um, was such a bad, uh, a bad thing for, for our community. And um you know, I, I, I created this room, this, this little like small room that we had. And, uh, it was, it was like a closet for the most part, right? It was so interesting. And people that would walk in and go, man, oh, like the traffic, like, oh, my life sucks. Like the traffic was so bad. And my managers and leaders were saying like, oh my, I left my phone at home or, oh, like my crack, my screen or like, oh, like, you know, just little complaints that we make all the time. Like, oh, I'm so tired. I didn't get enough sleep last night or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Um, and I realized that the only thing complaining does is convince other people that you're not in control of your life. Um, and I, I said, I said, we need perspective. Like every time I hear you complain, like you're going to go in the complaining room and you're going to sit in there for, for 60 seconds and realize why you don't have a reason to complain. And so we, we created this room that is like surrounded with photos of like children in like developing countries that like don't have hardly any of the things that we have. And with some statistics of like how many people are dying every year and how many people are struggling every year. And, 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 uh, there's a book in there that had like a giant, um, uh, it was like a giant book you can open up. It's called the complaints book and you can just write down your complaint in there in the, in the, in the eyes of all these little kids looking at you and you can write, Oh, I didn't get enough sleep last night. Um, and you can feel like an idiot. Right. And so it helped to reinforce that, you know, Hey, here at Sevenly, like we're helping people that have real problems. Like, you know, like don't complain about the little things. Sure. Like if you're sick, like truly sick and you're throwing up, like you can complain about that, but like, don't complain about the little things in life. Like that, that just breeds a heart of, of contentment and, and frustration. And that's something that we don't need at our office. Yeah. I love that. I love that whole concept. That's a great idea. You know, it's funny. I was actually listening to an interview with, uh, Robert Herjavec, who's one of the shark tank, uh, investors. And, the guy that was interviewing him asked him, you know, what is the secret to success? And he said, well, in my world, it's to me, it means happiness, being happy. And he's like, well, how do you be happy? And he said, I don't complain. He said, I make a massive effort. He said, that's the one thing that I do is I really make a huge effort to not complain. And he said, it's absolutely changed my life. He said, the happier you are, the more people want to connect with you and that, you know, you have a bigger network and people are just like happy to be around you. And that's, that's, 
you know, it, it all works, it all intertwines with uh, how you can become more successful. So you, look, you, you're solidifying a great belief and uh, understanding and, and good morals there at your company. So it's great, man. It's great to hear that you are you're implementing these kind of things into the culture of your uh, your startup. So that's that's great, Dale. Thanks, man. Yeah, I, uh, I've heard actually I, I, an exercise that I ask people to do in the book is in, in a chapter called Generosity Returns is is if you're if you're um, if you struggle with complaining, just go ahead and put ten coins in your left pocket in the morning, and uh, every time you complain and you notice it, just put one coin in your other pocket. And uh, by the end of the day, you'll realize how many times you complain. You might even run out of coins. And um, so it, it's but it's at that moment where you realize like wow, like I do this a lot. And um, so it's it's something that yeah that really helps you kind of take back control of your life. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a great exercise. I'm gonna start practicing that as well. Excellent. Love that. One thing that my fiance and I uh, have practiced is whenever you complain straight after, if I don't pick up on it, she if she does, she reminds me, and, and vice versa. But we say but. So we say if we complain, uh. we go but. Isn't it good that you know we have this or we have that? Like kind of like your gratitudes, you know. Uh, and I think another yep. thing as well is with gratitude, you practice gratitude and also justify why you're grateful for it. A lot of people just say it and that's surface level. It's easy to just say, oh, I'm grateful for, you know, this nice house. It's like, why? Oh, yep. because it shelters me. I don't need to live on the street and so on. That way it goes a little bit deeper and you really feel it and it's you are you do really appreciate it. I love that. That's a great exercise. Yeah, wonderful, man. So... Let's talk a little bit about Sevenly because uh, I love this whole idea, this whole concept. And I know when I introduced you, I, I said it was like a social, uh, socially conscious e-commerce company. So just to give you know the listeners a bit of an understanding of, of how it actually works and how they can be part of it, giving back and, and helping the uh, charities out. How, how does this work? Yeah, I mean, so the, the ultimate thing is that, you know, you can buy any products there. We sell shirts, hats, beanies, you know, jackets, different cool things like that. Things that, you know, are uh, kind of a lifestyle brand. And and uh, we partner with different charities every week. And, and every time you buy something that we, we give $7 for that uh, that item purchased. And, and it's a great way that, you know, you can you can give back in the things you're buying. Like you're already buying t-shirts. Like you might as well buy them from, from Sevenly because we're going to give something to the charity. And we, we really try to connect uh, that purchase and that purpose that you made uh, back to you. So we say, hey, you know, let you know, like you fed, you fed a child for a week with that purchase, like good work. And and we try to always have kind of that that communication back and forth with consumers. And that's really what I think has built a great company. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, like, you know, I'm trying to do the same thing here at Startup Camp. I, I try to show our members uh, that I say, hey, you know, just want to let you guys know every month you pay here. Uh, you're also giving, you know, someone clean water for a month there, you know, and I think reinforcing that connection there is just a really important thing to do as a business. And, uh, and it keeps loyalty for your customers. It's a really easy way to kind of do good and, uh, build a great, um, community around your business as well. Yeah. Great. So guys head over to sevenly.org and you can check it out. What do you feel is the most underrated charity that's out there? Cause I'm going to be honest with you. I think a lot of people, even including myself, don't know of many charities off the top of our head, man. We're not, I think a lot of people aren't educated in what's out there. Yeah. So, you know, this is one of the biggest problems we saw in the beginning is we go, uh, you know, how many charities can you name? And, and we, we both were like, we can name like Red Cross and like the Humane Society with like the two like giant charities of America. Right. And, and, uh, we thought, okay, 
uh, we need to change that. Like that's a problem. We need to fix that. And, uh, and I mean, now I, I can, I can probably name 50, you know, one of my favorite ones is destiny rescue. It's a, it's definitely an underserved charity. It's called destiny rescue. And it's a small charity that, that helps, um, that helps they actually like raid brothels of like people that are enslaved, little girls that are enslaved in sex trafficking. And, uh, they, they repair them with, with healing and, and with, with therapy and, and, you know, obviously with just the physical, like taking them out of these places. So, uh, I remember actually getting a text message after we did a campaign and we funded like $20,000 to them. And, and I got a text message in like the middle of the night, um, from the guy that was raiding the brothel that said, Hey, we, we just rescued like seven girls. Uh, and then they would actually send us videos of the girls like saying, thank you. It's crazy, crazy, man. Like thinking about like, you know, so, you know, what other, I mean, talk about ROI, right? Like if you're, if you're a business person and you're, you know, you have a company, like there's not much better return on investment than, than like saving girls from like torture, right? Like then, then like feeding children and helping them stay alive. Like the fact that we don't give is, is, is crazy to me, right? If, if not us, then who, you know, if not now, then when, I mean, that's one of my favorite quotes is that like, you got to do this. And, um, so, you know, that's again, the philosophy of the book is just, is helping people to say like, what are you going to do? And then, and if you, if you are passionate, like, let's figure out how you can do that. Yep. And what are some other concepts that you find, uh, are pretty interesting or, or seem to work really well in the, uh, charity world yeah you know um i think always quantifying i think there's a couple things that you know i i saw um you know i saw tom shoes you know we saw them kind of growing up in 2006 and all of a sudden now they're you know a massive company where you know you buy a pair of shoes and they give a pair of shoes and i think that there's a lot of things that people you know don't understand as they go you know um they try to build a social good model and they they create these negative knowledge gaps and a you know a knowledge gap is saying like hey joel you're the second best podcast i've heard this week you know, your mind's thinking, well, who's the first, right? So, um, you know, a, a negative knowledge gap is where I say, hey, we give we give seven percent of the profits to charity. Well, your mind is going like, well, crap, how much is seven percent? Um, and it, it makes you do math that you don't want to do, and and it's it's confusing, and it doesn't really connect emotionally. And so, what Tom Shoes did that that um, was really you know revolutionary is that they said, you buy a pair of shoes we give a pair of shoes. It's very simple for your mind. There's no knowledge gap. And, uh, Sevenly did the same thing. You know, we give $7 for every item purchased and that was very simple. So uh, a lot of those kind of things that, that, um, that we needed to kind of, that, that we're learning, uh, as we continue to go on is that, you know, consumer psychology and how that, you know, makes it easy to understand. You want to make it convenient to give. Yeah. I know a lot of people where they, uh, you know, they have money, they have a good amount of money and they're like, I want to give it away. But I don't know which charity to give it to because I don't know how much they're taking off the top. So do you know where we can look or how we can kind of research and find that? Is there a place we can go to to find out like who really is giving a lot of that away? Charity, charity navigator.com. I mean, any is one spot, pretty much any major charity uh, is pretty good at that. I mean, sure they have expenses and they, you know, we got to remember that we've got to pay salary so that they can keep doing the good work. But um, and that's fine. I've always, I've, I love supporting the salaries of people that are doing good work because you know, that's, and, and, and I think it's great if they make a hundred thousand dollars because they're doing great work. Right. So, um, but I think that, 
yeah, any large charity is easy. I mean, if they've got a reputation, they've kind of been vetted by the community. It's the small charities that you want to maybe even just email them and ask them those questions and uh, kind of figure out where they're at and uh, if it's a good investment on your end. Okay, great. Thanks for sharing that with us, Dale. And where can we pick up your book, People of Progress? Yeah, so you you can. Um, yeah, so I, I actually set you guys up. I am. Um, I have this like kind of $300 coaching kit that I sell and I, I'm going to offer it to you guys, uh, to your listeners for free. Um, I'm trying to obviously, you know, get this book out into the hands of as many people as possible. So, uh, if you go to peopleoverprofit.com forward slash addicted, and you're going to get a chance where you can actually buy our, buy the book. It's a hardcover. It's beautifully designed. It's fun. Um, and, uh, you know, you just enter your receipt number, um, or you buy it from the store at peopleoverprofit.com and you'll get a chance to get all those downloads. You're going to get, you're going to get, uh, three, three minute coaching videos for leadership lessons. You're going to get my new ebook, people matter. You're going to get a private podcast interview with me. And, and it's, it's a really great content. I'm not, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not ashamed of it all. I spent a lot of time putting it together and, and I think it's going to really reinforce, um, you know, the message of the book. Yeah, wonderful. And I can vouch for this book and I can vouch for the work that Dale is doing. Uh, I've read a lot of books, right? And this one is very unique. It has its own angle and there's a lot of good juice in the book. So definitely pick this one up. Love it, man. Thanks for thanks for the support, Joel. It means a lot. Hey, no problems, man. No problems. I usually finish the interview with this question. I think this is something that uh, you know we could get a lot of value from you uh, out of the answer. And the question is, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? Oh man. Um, you know, I, I think that, that, um, it would probably be something that I've already said. Um, actually, no, it would, it would, it would probably be this statement. Don't get too busy making a living that you forget to make a life. And, um, I, I would really lean into people to say, um, you can't take anything with you you know, it's not coming with you. You know, I don't care how much money you've made. The things that really matter in life are the relationships that you've had, the family that you've had, the friendships that you have, um, the legacy that you leave. Uh, don't lose sight of that. You know, it's, it's always going to be people over profit. Um, and, uh, I think we lose sight of that as business people all the time. And, uh, Steve Jobs was probably one of the loneliest people in the world dying in his deathbed with everything in the world, but, but, you know, lacked a lot of relationships. I mean, um, so I, I just, you know, he's a brilliant leader and, and great for us to strive to as business, as business owners and, 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 uh, starters. But I think we want to look more towards the people that, you know, are silent leaders leading from behind that we've never heard about the people that are still millionaires, but also, uh, those that have incredible relationships.